I uh, asked my twin sister, can you take that? Thank you. Get your stuff out here. Ma'am, could you take this too? <laughs> I, uh, I asked my sister, I said, let's sing this song from way back in the day. And she began to say, that was back in the day. So uh, I'm glad we were able to do it. But, you know, when the Lord laid that on my heart, you can turn me down here on the monitors a little bit. When the Lord laid that on my heart, you know, it was amazing because literally, and this is no joke, I don't think my twin and I have sung that in 15 years. And so when we were singing that song, it just brought back floods of memories and just thinking about the Christmas season. And we're, we're often so wrapped up in just uh, getting excited about the Christmas season that we forget that he is Almighty God. We praise his name. We magnify his name. He is the Prince of Peace. And he is the King of Kings. Jesus. Wonderful counselor. If you will, please turn in your Bible with me to Isaiah to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Does anyone in this room know the meaning of their name? And some people do know the meaning of their name, and, and others don't. So I thought I would start off the message today because we're going through a four-week series of His name above all names. And so I thought, well, what does my name mean? And I was stunned when I looked it up. So I have to button my jacket. Oh, wise one. So then I looked it up again because I thought they certainly were not talking about me. I always knew as a kid growing up that my name's Todd Michael. And it was liked of God. How did you get your name? Were you named after somebody special? Does it have some kind of certain significance? I just admit that there are some interesting names that are out there today. How many of you love to to try to figure out people's names? So when I go to a store, I'm constantly looking at people's name tags. And I mean... With all that's in me, I try to figure out people's names like Jobadiah. So while they're talking, I'm looking at Jobadiah. And, you know, you come up with these like Bartholomew. Does he say Bartholomew? It looks like Bartholomew. Or Lucretia. Or just simple names like Luke. Todd. So many of us have a significant name, but yet I don't really think many of us understand the meaning by which our parents named us. It was told to me that my name is Todd Michael after an actor by the name of Michael Todd. Many of you know that famous individual. Yeah, I don't either. And I figured you didn't as well, but that's what she told me, so I guess he existed. But today, Putting aside all of our names, putting aside all of the meanings. All of our names point to one person. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the name above all names. 
There are hundreds of names for Jesus in Scripture that describe who he is. The Bible says that he's Lord of hosts, that he's the deliverer, that he's the king of kings, that he's the redeemer, that he's also our savior. And because it's Christmas time, I'd like us to reflect on four of his names as found in the favorite Christmas passage. So as we read together, it'll be found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This passage not only predicts Messiah's birth, but it also describes how incredible he is. And it reads like this. The most famous verse of all times. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. May I stop and reflect there? Could you imagine someone saying to your child, to your loved one, I would like to welcome your child into this world. For the weight of the world is now going to be upon this baby. What a thought. As Jesus was born, and we understand it was a holy birth, but the weight of the world came on Jesus. And he knew, as we go all the way through Gethsemane to the Via Della Rosa, he knew he was born to die. Because he's our Redeemer. And he's our Savior. And he is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Lord, challenge us this morning, but Lord, help us to understand the meaning of your Son. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the season of Christmas. And Lord, we pray that you hide me behind the cross, that the Holy Spirit bear witness with one another as we learn your word. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So what's in a name? You've heard the phrase, a picture paints a thousand words. Well, in Scripture, a name paints a thousand words. A person's name described who he or she was, his or her character, his or her personality. And we know that because we've seen it all through Scripture from Abraham to Abram. And, and it goes all the way through from, uh, from Paul, from Saul to Paul. And, and so there's always a meaning of conversion through those names. In the Bible, Isaiah, Isaac means laughter because it says he brought laughter to Abraham and to Sarah. Isaiah means God is my salvation. His prophecies clearly point to this. Peter means rock because he became the bedrock and the pillar for the church. And Jesus means Jehovah saves. Before I move any further in this message, are you folks comfortable in this sanctuary? Are you cold? Well, the perfect ones win right now. I'll, let, I'll check back with you in about 10 minutes. If you need about 10 minutes, can you shut it off? Thank you. See, here's what happens. Um, you don't want to see your pastor do backflips across, cartwheels across, jump up and down, because when it gets warm in here, those are the things that I have to do, and then I start scaring you. And then you're like, oh, that poor pastor over there in North Akron has lost his mind because he's doing backflips. But little do you realize 
when I've got 70 people nodding their head because they're going to sleep, I know then, turn down the air. Wake them up. So that's what we're, we're doing right now. We're just waking you up because I knew you were just singing your heart out. And uh, that last song on All Holy Night, uh, the vibrato that went up and down just sent you right over. And so I'm just calling you down. Anyhow, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. And you know the interpretation. Yahweh. I am who I am. For he is eternal. He's everlasting. He's all encompassing. And he's all you will ever need. The end. Isn't that just a great thought? I mean, think about it. That's all we will ever need. That's all we will ever need. But yet, we think we need other things. To give us hope. So today we kick off Advent. It is hope. And it talks about he is the one that's coming to bring hope to a dark world. A place where we need Christ in our life. For his name is Jesus. And he is all powerful. Because God's name describes who he is. His name is revered through scripture. In Psalm, and I'm going to give you some, some scripture. You don't have to turn there. But Psalms 29.2 says, subscribe to the Lord. The glory do his name. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. For in Psalms 111.9 it says, Holy and awesome is his name. Philippians 2.10 says, At the name of Jesus. Oh, I love this verse. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Acts 4.12 says salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You see Jesus' name is all powerful and it's life changing. And I know If I were to go around this room with a mic, I would say, how has Jesus impacted your life? We could we could really have a celebration service to kick off Advent because each and every one of you have a different story of how Jesus became hope to you. And if Jesus has never, ever been as personal to you as he has been to me. I invite you today to come to know who that Savior is. His name is Jesus. When we look at the names of Christ, we also look at the person of Christ. Understanding his name helps us to better understand him. So point to the wonder of his name. And as I was studying this, and and this year kind of changing some translations and looking at some translations in the Bible, I found it very interesting that in the scriptures and in some translations, and you've probably never even seen it or realized it because I didn't, and I've been doing this for a lot of years. Some translations read that he's wonderful, comma, counselor. 
Other translations read that he's wonderful counselor. And I'm not really sure what Isaiah intended, but both interpretations are very powerful. For he is wonderful, and yet he's our counselor. And we know that he's a wonderful counselor. You see, a counselor conveys several ideas. One, psychologist, lawyer, pastor, etc. And the list goes on. The Greek word implies one who comes alongside of another. A counselor is someone who comes alongside to give knowledge. And a counselor is also one that comes alongside of someone to give understanding. Let me share with you two synonyms this morning that best describe Jesus as the counselor. And, and this morning, church, if you remember anything, I want you to remember these two thoughts. One, he's an advisor, and he's our advocate. He counsels us. He advises us what's right and what's wrong through his word and through his spirit. When we need advice, he's always there, ready to give the right advice all the time. He is always available to encourage, to comfort, and to guide us. Psalm 16, 7 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Many of us realize that in the market today, that there's a need for counsel. And many people even seek out astrologers. Many people seek out psychics for counsel and advice. Now, I want you to listen closely to this counsel. Jesus Christ is the wisest man alive that I know. He is the perfect counselor who has all the right answers all the time. And better yet, you know what I like about it? He gives free advice. That's what I like about it. Why wouldn't we go to him first? for counsel, and for wisdom. We were just down uh, in Florida over our sabbatical. You can hit that, Cindy. And during the sabbatical, we went down to the Daytona Beach flea market. And I found it very interesting to me as I was walking through the flea market. And How many of you like flea markets? Man, I love flea markets. I love junk. My wife said to me this past week, she said, You are a hoarder. That's what she told me. And I told her, I'm not a hoarder. I mean, I am not a hoarder. I just like junk. Thank you. See, how many of you are with me? Go ahead. And and everybody has that prized possession. And you just can't get rid of that sentimental prized possession. She says to me, but Todd... You haven't even looked at that Christmas thing for the last 15 years. I know, but it has sentimental value, and it's called a zicker tooth, zicker nuff, zicker flute, zicker something. You all made at Talmadge High School. One of you kids brought it home, and it's a zicker flute thing. We can't get rid of those little things that my kids made. She didn't, say, she didn't tell me to get rid of it, but I'm just telling you, I'll hold on to it. That's right. Somewhat? Yeah. My high school... <laughs> I need to remind my kids of what a great student I was when I got D's and C's. I mean, come on. That was just a reminder that I'm like, please don't get rid of that binder. That's sentimental value. 
I need to remind myself why I got that F and, uh, and be humbled all the while. Anyhow, we all need counsel. Everybody goes to someone for good counsel. Being a pastor, people come to seek out counsel. I know in my life, I love to speak. The Bible says there's wisdom and safety in the multitude of counselors. I love good counsel. But in James 1 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Second Peter 1 3 says God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And if this is true, and it is, do we go to him first? Or do we go to him last for advice and counsel? So you can read the text with me and you can see the scripture. But you just agreed with me that he's a wonderful counselor. You just acknowledged that he's wonderful, comma, counselor. But why is it he's the last one we ever go to when he's the one that says, you will lack nothing and I will give you everything if you'll just bow your knee before me. I know there's people in this room that have hurts, hang-ups, and habits, but I want you to know that there is a Savior who knows how to help you through every one of your hurts, habits, or hang-ups. I've been there, and I know. And his name is Jesus. Alan Perkins, here's what he said, when the scriptures refer to Jesus as a wonderful counselor, it doesn't just mean that he's good at giving advice. It means that he understands things which are beyond the ability of our finite minds to comprehend. He knows things which only God can know. He knows the ways of God. He understands God's plans and purposes, his knowledge, his intelligence, and his wisdom. Better yet, and insight far exceed that of any man who ever lived. So in Jesus Christ, we have someone who, by virtue of his great knowledge and understanding, is abundantly qualified to guide and direct every one of our lives. Someone who is never confused or mistaken. Someone who is always knows exactly what to do. Someone who will never lead us astray. When we need advice and counsel, our first choice needs to be Jesus Christ. Did you hear me, church? Our first choice needs to be our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, for He's wonderful. And He's our counselor. Don't be intimidated. And if you don't get the answer that you want or need, don't you give up. Because he's working all things out for your good to perfect you for the kingdom. It's all about his gospel. Number two, he's our advocate. How cool is that? How many of you have somebody sitting right next to you that you just love, appreciate, and who is your defender, who gives you strength, and who will fight for you. All right. That, I'm disappointed in all of you. Let's have an altar call right now. Lord, we know that so many in this room feel lost, lonely. And these husbands have 
abandon their wives that are sitting next to them. Bless them, Father. Aren't you thankful that he's our advocate and we're not his advocate? Come on, church. It's so true. And I'm thankful that he fights for us. I'm so thankful that he's my supporter. I'm so thankful that he's my lawyer. Not only are people looking for advisors, they're also looking for advocates. Someone once said that at the current rate of people becoming lawyers in this country, within 50 years or so, everyone will be a lawyer. Lord, help me. A lawyer's job is to interpret the law in such a way as to benefit his or her client. Lawyers pass the bar when they can demonstrate their knowledge of the law. Guess what? You're going to love this. It comes as a surprise. But Jesus wrote the law. He knows more than anyone what it's about. What's more, he's proven that he's willing to face death in order to benefit all of his clients. Jesus Christ is the world's best counselor, bar none. I'm sorry, none of them got it. Jesus Christ is the world's best counselor, bar none. Uh-huh. <sighs> Glad you guys got it. Okay, I just got it. Remember, he's a lawyer. He fights for us. He's our advocate. Okay. As children of God, we can guarantee that he's always on our side. First John chapter 2, verse 1 says this. My dear children, I write this to you. So that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, one who speaks to the Father in our defense. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the righteous one. So what are some accounts of Jesus that remind you of his wisdom? Suppose you committed a brutal murder and were arrested for it. Sent to jail, had no money to afford a lawyer, so one was appointed to you and for you. You found out he's the best there is. Your trial comes. The evidence is overwhelming. You're convicted and you're sentenced to death. Then something strange and bizarre starts to take place. Your lawyer stands and approaches the bench. He tells the judge that even though you're guilty, he would like to take your place in the electric chair. What would you think about your lawyer? For me, maybe for you, we'd be somewhat amazed, maybe confused, perplexed. For some of us, maybe we'd be grateful. That's exactly what Jesus Christ has already done for you and me. Every one of us has sinned against God. And the penalty for sin is death. Jesus comes along as our counselor, as our advocate, and takes our place on the cross. Isn't that a wonderful thought? But yet it's a sorrowful thought. As God's children, Jesus defends us to the death. His name is Wonderful Counselor. He is our advisor. He is our advocate. You know the song, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. You are my all in all. If it's true that Jesus is our wonderful counselor, 
and he is. Then how does he do it? How does he counsel us? Here's four quick ways. Write this down. Through prayer, through his spirit, through his word, and through his servant. 1 Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, he counsels us, he encourages us, he advises us through prayer. And then a great thought, that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Two, through his spirit. You see, when Jesus returned to heaven, he sent his spirit to continue his work. In John fourteen twenty six, it says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I've said to you. And Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Look at this church. God's Spirit comes alongside our spirit to advise us and to be our advocate. What's more, his spirit lives in us, so he's always there to support, to encourage, and to counsel us. And when was the last time that in the midst of our pain and in the midst of our suffering that we realized that the Holy Spirit is crying out? And it says that in the scriptures that he's groaning for us, that he's weeping on our behalf because he loves us. That's how he counsels us. We have the world's best counselor on a permanent retainer through his word. Everything we need to know, everything we need to know is found in this, the Bible. All godly counsel conforms to his word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Psalm 119 says, How can a young man keep his ways pure by living according to your word? Because I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do you live in righteousness? How is our life? transformed the bible says so that the man of god may be perfect do you guys understand this you're going through what you're going through because god's trying to perfect you your pain is not something that yes people may not recognize all that you're going through in this place but god knows What you're going through. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. All you have to do is hide his words in your heart. And will help you not to sin against him. Are you practicing reading the word? Are you practicing living out the word? Is this the only word that you get? Do you come on Sunday morning and the rest of the week doesn't even apply 
to the Holy Scriptures. Oh, how Jesus wants to know you. How He wants to have a personal relationship with you. How He yearns to hear you sing, to hear you speak, to hear you pray, to hear you worship, and to hear you praise. For He is our wonderful Counselor. And last, through His servants. God uses many of His servants to counsel and to encourage His children. Colossians 2.23. And here's, this text is here to the church. And Paul starts to speak and he says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, comma, namely, comma, Christ, comma. What that was saying is, let me read it to you again as I pause. In order that they may know the mystery of God. Namely. Christ. In whom are all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, God uses pastors. He uses counselors. He uses believers to counsel and encourage and come alongside each and every one of us. Look to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. Are you ready for this? Let's do this. I needed you here today. Go ahead. See, that is the first time you spoke to your wife today. I know she got upset with you. And I was just helping some of you guys out just a little bit because you needed to be together. I'm just, you know, giving some marriage coaching here today. But we need one another. You know, the Bible says we're two or more gathered in my name. I'm in the midst and Jesus is here with us. His spirit is among us and we are together in one accord. Realizing, acknowledging that he is Jesus, that he is a wonderful counselor. Isn't that awesome? What a great way to start off this season of Christmas. Another reason why we need to be actively involved in a church family is for one another. God uses prayer, His Spirit, His Word, His servants to counsel and to lead us in the right paths. And I'm going to close. But as I challenge each and every one of you this morning, are you living a life of understanding who He is? And if somebody walked up to you and said, I was doing a little study. The study was, I want to tell you a little bit about your name. Here's what your namesake means. How many of you have ever studied their crest or their namesake, your last name? You guys know the genealogy? Okay, some are being truthful and others aren't. And uh, that's all right if you guys like that kind of stuff. I love history. For many of us, we want to know that information. It's important. I know where I came from. Um, give you one guess where my wife came from. Her last name was Eagle. Yes. She has Indian in her. And uh, I'm proud to have her as my wife. Me big ugly chief and she my little squaw. 
Where am I going with this? I don't even have a clue. But I thought it was great for the message today. <laughs> Our names mean something. I'm building up to something here. I, I mean, I even practiced this in the basement of my house. Anyway, no, I didn't. <laughs> in closing, Jesus Christ is our wonderful counselor. His name is wonderful. He is the name above all names. He is our all in all. And there is something wonderful about that name. That's why we need to go to him for every problem and concern and circumstance. When I look at Christmas time, <laughs> I got to give this up. No, when I look at Christmas, is often a time of need. It's often an emotional and yet stressful time, isn't it? It really is. Christmas is a time that's difficult for so many people. And putting aside, you know, I'm throwing in these jokes or what have you, and being crazy because that's who I am. But people are hurting and people are lost. And people need an advisor. They need an advocate. They need to know that you are fighting for them, that you're fighting with them, and that more importantly, that you are mirroring the image of Christ in everything that you do, that those that you love and that you don't know, they know that you have Christ that is the indwelling spirit that's on fire. It's fighting for them. We have the world's best counselor who's always available and who is always ready to help. So I started my message off with words that describe who Jesus is. And I will conclude with bragging on my Savior, for He is my risen Lord, for He is my rock, for He is the sacrifice for all of our sins. For he is the Savior of the world. For he is the Son of Man. And he is the Son of the Most High God. He is the Supreme Creator over all. He is the Resurrection. And he is the Life. He is the Door. He is the Way. He is the Word. He is the true vine. He is truth. He is the victorious one. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And He is the Prince of Peace. And if you've been struggling with turmoil in your life, and things have not been going the way you thought they would be. Know that our advocate, that our father, that our advisor is bringing peace to your life. He came in this world in a time when there was so much darkness. And now we sit today in Akron, Ohio, seeing the darkness that's around us. 
realizing that he came as a light to the world. Church, do you know who Jesus is? He says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you know him? Let's all stand as we pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for, for Lord, just what this message means to me. Thank you, Father, for the reminder of who you are. Thank you for being my advisor and my advocate. God, I've, I've lived in this world and sometimes ministry becomes difficult. But, Father, when I stopped and reflected that you are my defender, that you're working on my behalf, that everything that is taking place behind the scenes, that, God, you are in control. Thank you, Father. For being my advocate. In this season of Christmas. Lord as we all fight the good faith. Faith. Father help us to increase in our faith. Help us to grow stronger in you. God we love you and we thank you that today. We came to this place to worship you. With every head bowed and every eye closed that's in this room. No one looking around. Is there somebody here that might, with just a slip of a hand, say, I need prayer. I need prayer this morning. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. You've been struggling. Amen. Many of you have been going through a difficult time, and and now you need prayer. Know this, that God loves you and He cares for you. And He is fighting on your behalf. Just come to Him today. Father, I thank you for those that, that raised their hands even this morning. Father, for those that didn't, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind Satan and I command, Lord, that the, the struggles that are being faced, Father, that through those struggles that they will see that you are the great advisor, that you're there to fight on their behalf. And Lord, through your power and through your blood, Lord, we worship you and we thank you that, Lord, you can deliver us from the struggles that we face every day. Thank you, Father, for being a wonderful counselor. Thank you, Father, for for guiding us. Lord, as I uplift those that that are here this morning that need you, God, may they cry out to you. May they realize that you weep on their behalf, that this is just temporary, for we know all things work together for good. Lord, that's your promise to us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.